in our message today, I've titled it, Defeated at AI. Defeated at AI. Now, you're thinking AI, but I'm actually going to be preaching about AI. AI, not artificial intelligence, AI is in the place called AI in the Bible. It's from the book of Joshua, chapter 6, 7, and 8. Now, we're not going to read chapters 6, 7, and 8 in their totality, but there is a place by the name of AI, the letter A and a small i, that has been around for a long time. Now, if some, of, some maybe will, have, will click on this because they'll see defeated and they'll see the word AI and everything's going on about AI. And I don't know if this message will help you at all with understanding AI or what to do with AI, but this is the location. And so we have Joshua, and if you remember Joshua, and we're in Joshua, but the book of Joshua, but who is Joshua? Joshua took over for Moses. He took over for Moses as the, they came into the promised land and, and coming through the Exodus, and then Joshua uh, took leadership because, as you recall, Moses disobeyed God when he struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. And so Moses didn't go, get to go into the promised land. Joshua led them in. And we're coming to the time right here, and you, you will remember where we're at in this passage, um, in this time period. And you remember a song, maybe, and I won't sing it for you, but Joshua took the battle of Jericho. And this is right at the time of the Jericho walls falling down. And we're actually going to kind of jump in right in the middle of that. So Joshua's the leader. He's leading the Israelites. They're just coming over into the promised land, and they're getting ready to take on Jericho. Jericho's a walled city. And if you're interested in that, you can read in this section um, more of what they did and how they marched around it and when they yelled and, and, and how that took place. But we want to read the part that gets us ready for the discussion on what happened when the Israelites were defeated at Ai. And so we're going to jump in the passage of Scripture right before the walls fell at Jericho. It's right before that. There were some instructions that they were given that we're going to talk about. Joshua chapter 6, verse 18. And you by all means abstain from the accursed things lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord that they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. God add the blessings to the reading of his word. So, when it says the accursed things, your Bible might translate it a little bit differently, and the word behind this accursed thing is it's the devoted things. And basically, as we see in verse 19, all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated or set apart to the Lord. The Lord, it says those are, when you go in, I want those 
to be dedicated into the treasury of the Lord. God had plans for those things. He says, those are mine. When you go in there, when the walls fall and you go in, don't take the accursed things, the devoted things, the things I'm telling you that are mine. Don't take them. Leave them alone. You can imagine in the, in the chaos, and if you continue in chapter 6, you would see what happens and the walls fall and the people go in and there's a great defeat and there's all these goodies. They call those spoils of war. And so they would pick those, pick those things up. And as might be the case during wartime, you know, sometimes if you were on a battlefield, it might be that they're going to go through the pockets or if it's not the other soldiers, somebody might come along later, go through the pockets and get the, get the in, in, uh, I think some, you know, some visited the Civil War time, um, battlefields, you know, you might be taking pocket watches or you might take in whatever or whatever might be of value, they're going to take those as, as booty. Spoils of war. They're going to take those, they're going to take those back. In this case, they've taken the city so would be going into all the different places in the city and getting things. And God says, don't take those. That's mine. You go in, take the city, but of those things, those are mine. And if, if you take those, you'll make the camp of Israel a curse and you'll cause trouble for it. Don't do it. Don't do it. So that brings us to Joshua, chapter 7, 1 through 5. Jericho has fallen. They've moved on to the next activity. But we find him in chapter 7, But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things, so that the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up. Let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about three thousand men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men. For they chased them from before the gate as far as Cherub, uh, excuse me, Chibaram, and struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted, and they became like water. The children of Israel sinned. Because Achan took some of the devoted items 
that were to be set apart for God. They're consecrated, consecrated to God. And you might say, well, it was just the one guy. It was just the one guy. But if you were trying to find a pure glass of water, let me ask you, how contaminated would you allow that glass of water be before you refuse to drink it? Something is pure water. How much poison are you okay with being in that water before you refuse to drink it? Is not sin poison? Is not sin unholy? So how much sin is, can be in that water? So in this encampment, in this God setting apart his people. The camp was now unholy. The camp had a sin problem, and God had said, listen, don't do this thing. If you do this thing, you're going to affect the entire encampment and cause it trouble. These are things that maybe consider. You know, sometimes I, I, I pause when, when, you know, we call for, we, we come for healing. You know, we have somebody's coming up for healing and they want to be anointed. In the scripture it says, call for the elders. It don't mean, mean people that are older. It's elders in the faith. And it kind of gives this pause. If, if that's the instruction to call for the elders, we might have the tendency to say, well, everybody that believes in healing, you come forward. This would kind of tell me that maybe we need to be careful with that. Everybody that believes in healing, come and pray. I think we need to be cautious. And we might think of the concept here as we need to come forward ready to do battle. And if we're coming forward ready to do battle on behalf of someone, and it says call for the elders to lay hands on, that we have to think about when we go into a battle. Should everybody be engaged in battle? Because we don't want to offend anyone and tell them, oh, you know, you shouldn't do this, or you shouldn't do that. Or There is this concept of holiness, and that we need to go into battle fully armed and with the support of God. And some of these battles that we gauge in on other people, we need to be prepared. And just something to consider. Some of these principles, these are principles that you might take with you. They may or may not apply with you today, but... It's the, the start, it's the concept of understanding this holiness. Or, you know, in the future, you might come into a, some decision point, and we're going to talk about things in a few minutes, and you might say, maybe I should pause. Maybe I should think about what I'm supposed to do. Maybe 
I should think about how the sin that I'm about to engage in will affect other people. Because sometimes you might be tempted and say, oh, this would be great. But the question is, is what if other people found out? Or what if I... How will this affect other people? What will be the ripple effects? You know, in yourself you might think, we, get, we, we deal with temptation. And I might say, this is, oh wow, this will, and I could do this and I, could, I would be fine. But then in the back of our mind, if there's anything to kind of help get us from the edge and say, yeah, but that would hurt somebody else. You know, when we're being tempted, sometimes we think about us too much and we might not think about the down road impacts or down road effects of it. So maybe put that in your toolbox of resisting the devil and he will flee from you is, yes, but this would have an impact on other people, impact on family, impact on the group. But see, Joseph well, didn't know about that sin. It was somebody else's secret sin, as it were, that they, but Joshua didn't know, but it affected the group that he was leading. And so they go into this battle, and they're trying to consider what's going on, and they send in, they still don't know, they send in spies, and spies spies like, oh, these are not that many people. It's not that big a deal. You know, they come off that huge win, and maybe you've, maybe you've seen that in sports, maybe football, or I know some don't like sports, but just play along with me for a little bit. They go and they have that big win, and then they come in, and there's some little school. There's some little school that comes in, and they go to play that little school, and it's a smaller school, and, and the team kind of goes half at it, and the smaller school comes in at full bore. They're all in. They're completely engaged. The other one's like, well, we'll just put out our second string or, you know, I don't have to be as dedicated this week for this football game. It'll be okay. And they, they get beat. They let their guard down. They got a little bit too overconfident. And so you, here you have, they're going into this, this battle and we find out that they're defeated. 36 of them are killed, but they spend in this small, small, small group, this partial group. They didn't send in the whole group. It's not that big a deal. They, they got a little bit overconfident. And so they went into the battle, and you'll notice you don't see in there the Lord said. They just kind of went and did their thing, and, and they got ran back. And they got ran back. And you'll notice, if you were to read ahead, this was a little bit different because they did defeat Ai at one point. But when they defeated them, they all were engaged. They all were engaged. So I would submit that maybe they underestimated their, the challenge, but the biggest problem was that there was sin in the camp. So now we look at Joshua 7, 10 through 13. Remember, they've been defeated. They're discouraged. 
you've probably been here where you get discouraged and you you get you get hit this knee, you know, your skin your knees and it's even a little skin or something, and it's like, I, I guess we'll never do anything right. You know, you just make this big, it's the worst thing ever. We'll never, we're never going to defeat the Canaanites. We might as well, God brought us out here just to destroy us. After one battle that they lost. They didn't even put their full force into the battle. And they're like, oh, we can't win, we can't do it. This is hopeless. Maybe you've been there before. So here we are, they're all discouraged. Joshua 7, 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the cursed things, and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore, unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Get up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. So based on that, you're not going to win tomorrow. It doesn't matter what your technique is. I noticed the technique there that they weren't fully engaged and that they were whining in all those activities. But God says it doesn't even matter if you had different. You're not going to win. Because you've done the accursed thing. You did what I told you not to. You've taken some of it for yourself. You're looking out for yourself, and you took some, and you're keeping it, and you're not telling anybody else. You've hidden it. It's in your own stuff. So let's summarize where we're at here. There's sin in the camp. That's the number one thing. There's sin in the camp. Number two, their battle tactics were a little bit off. Let's, well, let's just look at that. I'll just tell you just a little bit about that. In chapter 8, verse 1, Now the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war. Take all the people of war with you, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his, and his land. Let me continue in verse 2. And you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king, only its spoil and its cattle you shall take as booty for yourselves. Lay an ambush for the city behind it. See, now without the sin, you get the benefit of God's engagement and God's wisdom and God's involvement. But God said, you all need to go. It's a total commitment thing. You all need to go. And I'm going to be with you. And you're going to take them. And then he gives them battle tactics. Lay an ambush. Lay an ambush. 
So Joshua take us from there, and I might be wondering what happened. What basically happened was they, did a, they took all the people, they took a certain number of them, and put them in ambush behind the city, and they did a frontal assault onto the city, and the city of Ai responded, and the people of part of the frontal assault started to retreat, making it look like it's what happened the last time, because last time they went to do the assault and the people of Ai came out and the Israelites were ran off and some of them killed. This time they did the frontal assault, they came up to the city, the people of Ai came up and the Israelites retreated like they did before. But the people of Ai did not know that what had God said to do? Lay an ambush. So as the people came out of the city, they left the city open for the ambush to come in. And they were defeated. But they were all engaged. Because God was with them. And why was God with them? Because they had removed the sin. Achan was found out. And so they took the stuff, and Achan and his family and everybody, and they stoned them. And they laid a great pile, and you can read about the rest of it. Now that might be a, a big challenge for you as we look from this side of the cross and from the New Testament, but this was a people. God was coming through and passing judgment. And you'll remember from the Old Testament, it talks about because the evil had not fully come to place. But this people of God, the Israelites, were supposed to come in as a holy people, as an agent of God. They're going to take over and take out the evil that had grown. So it was a clearinghouse. And the Israelites need to be pure, be part of this activity. And they need to be engaged fully in the Lord. And so, the first time, there was sin in the camp. Their battle tactics were off. They weren't fully engaged. They didn't think they needed to use everybody. Second time, they had removed the sin from the camp. They allowed God to shed wisdom, and God imparted wisdom because the sin was gone, and they were fully engaged. So just think about those concepts. If we want to be engaged for the Lord, and I don't know what God has you engaged in, or what God wants to engage you in. I don't know what he's asking you to do, but these principles apply to us all. If we have sin in our life, that secret sin that's hidden away, it is going to undermine our ability to think correctly and to engage in the battle with the blessing of the Lord. Now, sometimes we have to engage in battles, and they're just battles, and they're just uphill. 
And the Lord is teaching us and he's training us like a weightlifter has to train against the weights and the muscle tears a little bit with a weightlifter, but then it grows, that's how you get stronger. And so God makes us stronger that way. But there's other times where there's battles that we could have overcome and won and because, but maybe there's just sin in the camp. Maybe you're not fully engaged in whatever God's asking you to do and We just don't have the benefit of the power of God. We forget that we're in a spiritual battle. We think, oh, we can handle this. And we don't even have to pull all four force into it. We don't have to be completely engaged. We can just be partially engaged. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, it took his total commitment. He couldn't just say, here, Just a little bit. You know, you beat on me and stuff and I bled a little bit. Use that blood for the remission of sins. No, it needed to be the total commitment. And God asked of us the total commitment. And so we see this illustrated in many ways. In what we've talked about, the, un- the hidden sin, there was sin in the camp. And that defiled the whole system. And then we look at the hidden sin. And then we look at their arrogance and how they just kind of leaned into it. They didn't fully engage. They just kind of leaned into it. They underestimated the enemy. We don't want to underestimate our enemy. And in turn, they didn't have the wisdom of God in that full battle. Because sometimes God does God God can come in with overwhelming power. But sometimes he gives us his guidance of his wisdom and he has a strength through it. So, let's not fail to acknowledge God's role in our battles. Not not fail to thank God for helping us win the battle. Think about this, if they would have celebrated... So the Lord was with with Joshua, verse 27 of chapter 6, and his fame spread throughout all the country. The Lord was with Joshua. But I think it might help us, and they did celebrate some, but it might help us to be acknowledging where God has helped us and where God has helped us in the battles, and we give the praises of what he's done for us because it reminds us when I go into the next battle, God helped me in the last battle, And you know what? I probably wouldn't have won that battle if God wasn't in it. And so by acknowledging it, it reminds us, gets our head on straight. And as we engage in the battle, what God asks us to do, some people might ask us to do things that are beyond what God's asking. We don't need to take on the burdens that other people want us to take on. But we do need to take on the burdens God asks us to take on. And so when we engage in those battles, we should engage fully. No hidden sin. Be obedient to God, gain his wisdom, and overcome. So, as we learn from the defeat of AI, they essentially defeated them, but there had to be some changes. So get rid of the 
and sins. Because you're not just affecting you, you're affecting everyone. And by the way, you're not hiding it from God. God knows where it's at. And when you engage, fully engage, and realize you just can't win the battle off your own strength. You need God's help. And then when you engage and win, glorify the Lord so you remember for the next time. And then on the other side we saw, don't tolerate the sin in the camp. Tolerate. There's a lot of tolerance they talk about today. But God's not playing. Don't tolerate sin in the camp. It might look like you're having battles, you might be having wins, but there comes a point when God's going to come and call on us. So hopefully we've learned today some principles that will help us in a walk. Maybe it'll help you where you're at now. Maybe it'll help you where you're at in the future. Or maybe it'll help you to talk to other people. But may may the Lord encourage you as you think on these things. Let's be standing together. Father God, we thank you for your word today. As we go through life, sometimes we need to be reminded of the truths of your word. Lord, for some, and in the sound of my voice, this might be something they're dealing with right now. But sometimes it's, it's things that we need to put away to remind ourselves or to teach others. But Lord, may we be all for you. May there be no sin that's unforgiven, because Lord, it's not affecting just us, it's affecting those around us. Father, may we can be completely obedient to you, not picking up things that belong to you and trying to take it for ourselves. Lord, may we completely engage and lean in to what you ask us to do. Maybe not what everybody else asks us to do or thinks we should do. or Just help us to bear the load that you're asking us to bear. But help us to fully engage, relying on you. And Lord, may we give you the praise afterwards and remind ourselves as we get ready for the next battle that we need to be serious about this. We need to be committed to it and allow you to grant us wisdom. And may we obey your wisdom and your guidance. Be with us, Father, as we go our separate ways. Help us as we engage uh, throughout our community and help us to be obedient to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.